Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is strategic conversations. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zentalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we're coming up on an extremely contentious election season. But even in the midst of that, there are still many situations where people are finding themselves having to decide if we're willing to engage with certain people on conversations that are very hard topics. Mm-hmm. There's lots of divisive topics out there right now. Yes, there are. And people mm-hmm. feel very passionately about these things. And we've gotten to the point where lots of speech is normalized in a way that it hasn't been in the past. And it seems to be making this situation something that you have to contend with more often than maybe you have in the past. And people are being called to speak up and to speak to things that they maybe haven't had to in the past. I think that there are definitely situations and conversations that we have allowed to kind of breeze past us the stakes are so high right now and the misinformation campaigns and those kinds of pieces are so high and the rhetoric is so high that people are needing to find a way to voice truth in a way that they maybe haven't ever before in their life. Yes. I found myself in certain conversations where looking back, I think I probably could have taken my tone down and probably should have taken my tone down. If I wanted to be heard better, because becoming confrontational is not usually the best way to go about these conversations. So in that vein, we're going to talk about first, how do you decide whether or not you should engage in these conversations? Because they're not always helpful and they're not always going to be useful. And I think that that's maybe even a bit of a different question. Is it helpful or useful? I think in some ways we need to throw out that framework. Okay. Because I think that there are some things that need to be spoken, whether or not it is helpful in the ways that we traditionally think it. It may not be helpful to change someone's mind or perspective, but it is still helpful to speak the truth in that moment. Sure, that's fair. Right. And so even if it's confrontational, I think there's so much about our culture that we are told to not be confrontational or to not upset people. And I think that we are in a time and in a system and in a point in our culture where people need to be upset. And so it's okay to be confrontational. Okay. So then let's get back to the, how do you decide whether or not you want to engage this person? I think that's a totally different question because that's where you have to start to do your own personal discernment. And when it comes to making that decision, I will speak for myself and folks can take this as you wish. You will find your own way to discern whether or not you want to engage with someone, but there are a couple of pieces to take in mind. One, what is your end goal, right? Is your end goal to uphold the truth? Is your end goal to change someone's mind or opinion? Is your end goal to make it clear what your stance is. What is your end goal? Why are you looking to engage in this at all? 
if your end goal is to speak a truth no matter the consequence, then you're going to take one tactic. If your end goal is to change someone's opinion, then you head down another list of discernment factors, right, on how to go about doing that. Mm -hmm. If your end goal is to, I don't know, make your position be known, then that's going to be get a different reaction. And all of this has to be put into context of what kind of energy do you have? What else is pulling your time? What else is calling you to responsibility? Do you have the energy and the heart space and the soul space to be able to give or gift this situation with your energy? Because there is so much going on right now. Oh, definitely. And there's so many of these conversations that you could have. So many. And we have so far to go, right? We have months and months of this ahead of us. Yes, we do. So jumping at every single piece of bait without discerning, is this where I need to give my energy right now? will lead us to burnout. And in six months, we're going to have fewer people who are able to speak truth or to guide someone with compassion or to interact with a loved one, right? It takes a ton of self-control to not jump in when we recognize I could make a difference here that will impact one person. I could save my energy and use it over here, and I'll impact 10 people. So I'm going to release this one where I might get a lot of accolades or I might get a lot of pats on the back or satisfaction mm-hmm. or whatever because I want to save what I've got energy-wise to pour it into this harder work or this different work that's going to have a different impact. So it's all got to be that discernment. In the moment, it's really hard, but I think it's important to take that big look sometime and say, okay, this is an engagement that absolutely, it's this person's influence, this person's actions harms this many people, right? Mm -hmm. I have an obligation. I have a moral imperative to act into this place, regardless of outcome, or This is one that I can release. Does that make sense? It does. So do you find these conversations coming at you as in somebody's asking you to help or engage with them? Or do you see it as something that you're going to jump into on like somebody else's social media feed or something like that? It can be all of that. It can be any of that. It could be an email that comes into you from a family member. It can be like a social media post that a friend puts up and someone's a stranger responds to. It could be an article that you read and you read the comments and you your heart gets tugged into the reacting to the comments, right? There's any number of ways that we have doors into these conversations right now. Some of them might come from if you have any space where you are crossing 
ideological lines, mm-hmm. whether that's theological or political or social constructs or social understanding. If you have any spaces where the different opinions intermingle, you might find yourself in a situation where the opportunity comes up. For example, you could be in a conversation with colleagues from different areas of the world with different value systems, and the conversation about race comes up. And in that moment, you have the opportunity to either shift the subject in one way or another towards anti-racism sentiments, or you have the opportunity to let it go. You have to choose. It's so hard. Okay, so you make the decision that you're going to go for it. You're going to engage. Where do you start? There's lots of ways that people can start, and each person is going to start on their own place wherever they are. You can start with just making your case and go into town on it. I think that there's also a little bit of discernment around what's your end game goal. So, for example, if I'm going to try to change someone's mind and I'm going to try to help them to see a different perspective than they've seen before in order to kind of shift them towards a less harmful way of being community. Okay. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to start one. I'm going to discern, is this a relationship that I have enough capital in? Sure. That they're going to be willing to listen to me. Am I the right person for this conversation with this person? Do they have enough respect for me? Oh, is a, that's fair. Right. Is a cisgendered white, female going to be the person that they're going to hear this information from? Or are they going to discount the information because they already have an image of me that she's uh, some liberal crazy chick from Portland and they are not going to listen to me no matter what, right? So I'm going to be strategic about discerning who is the right person for this conversation. Do I need to bring them into the conversation? Do I bring an ally in? So for me, sometimes in some circles... Can I bring a guy in who's older, Mm -hmm. who's going to back me up in order to lend credibility to other men who would not normally listen to me? And not as a, I'm weak and I need a guy to back me up, but I'm going to be strategic Mm -hmm. because shifting this narrative is valuable enough that my ego doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter that it sucks that my voice isn't enough. What matters is that this person that I love shifts and changes to a place where they can help build up the kingdom of God more effectively. Sure. They get the message that you want them to get. Right. That's so much more important than whether or not I get the pat on the back or the gold star for changing their mind. Right. Or any credit for it. Sure. So I'm going to be strategic about that. And then I'm going to start from that shared mutual relationship. I'm going to start with why are we able to be in this conversation together at all? So, you know, I care about you. I'm going to push back on that. That's why you keep me around because I have a different opinion than you. Mm -hmm. You know, I love you. And I'm going to push back on this just a little bit because here's what I see. Here's what I hear. And anything to keep that kind of commonality of our story being intersected, that our stories matter with one another and we are in relationship with each other. And because we are, I'm not going to let you stay in this place that I think is dangerous. 
I have such a hard time with many of these conversations just because I feel like my emotions get the better of me. And then I feel terrible about myself that I've let that happen. So what I need to do, what I need to work on is finding a way to have these conversations where I can keep my cool and mm. not escalate things in a way just so I feel like I'm being heard. And I think much of this, especially if I'm talking in my family, is because I'm the youngest child. <laughs> it's so hard to do this in our family as the youngest. Yeah, because uh -huh. you have no cred whatsoever as the youngest child. And now you're right. just supported everything they think about you being the crazy youngest kid. Right. No, I'm with you on that as another youngest. I totally get that. And I think our families are some of the hardest to do this work in. Oh, absolutely. Right. So again, are we the right people to do it? Or are there other people or ways to bring it in? And we have a deep responsibility to be doing it with our family. Exactly. It is such a terrible, terrible line to try to navigate. Because if I don't say something, I feel terrible. And if I do say something, I feel like a target or they think that I'm against them, mm -hmm. which is not it. But I also, I have gotten to the point where I want them to understand what my beliefs are. Mm -hmm. And so finding that way to say, here's our connection. Yep. Right. For example, if I were to say, you know how much I admire your ability to use guns and how much fun we had going shooting together and target practice and how we both have really good skills with it. We're both really good shots. And it was so much fun to do that. And because of the way that they have caused so much harm in our community, I cannot own a gun. And I don't know that I will ever voluntarily shoot one again. That gives that kind of like, here's our connection. Mm -hmm. I remember doing this with you. I remember the joy of being really good at this. I remember you teaching me how to handle kickback, right? Whatever it is, and still being able to come to that place of saying, because of the things that I have seen in these years, I can no longer participate in that. And then it's not about you think that these are awesome things and you like it and you, right? It takes that out of it. Yeah. Calm sincerity is always my goal. It's never always never what I can done. achieve. The thing of it is, is when emotions get big, that's not a bad thing. No. And to be emotional about why, why you can't do that anymore. And to show the emotion of the sadness of losing that part because our culture has made it what it is now. Showing the anger that it proves you know, it's not a frivolous decision on my part or anybody's right. part. Exactly. And that goes for pretty much any topic then, right? To find the ways to enter into that conversation with the person you love with that shared story and that shared value. And then to explore where the values diverge and why they have diverged, but trying to come back to that shared value. And that can keep people engaged in the story. It can help us keep our own adrenaline rushes down because we're not stepping into the defensive right mm -hmm. off the start. We're coming in from that shared history and love, hoping to find a way forward in it. 
Now, I'm not saying it's going to stay that way, right? <laughs> like the minute that you finally touch that nerve one way or another, right? Because yeah. we have such raw nerves right now in our conversations that someone is going to hit one of them. The challenge is to try to know where those nerves are ahead of time and either choose to hit it and hit it carefully and strategically, or at least be aware when you hit it to like deeply ground yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, it's possible that this is more going to impact you than necessarily me, although I have come across it. When it turns to theology-based mm -hmm. issues, when do you bring the Bible into it or do you try to leave the Bible out of it? Depends on the per person in the situation. Okay. I think that, you know, some of the conversations I've been having recently, if people are deeply entrenched in the biblical narrative that they have held on to, so much so that they're throwing Bible bullets mm -hmm. or they're twisting theological stories in order to be able to justify their actions. I'm going to listen closely to any doubts that might come in there or any contradictions. I'm going to listen to see if I can find a place where I can enter into that that is not biblically or scripturally based. I'm probably going to try to have a bit of the conversation without pulling in the theology because the minute that you do, you start to question someone's belief and they get hyper defensive and the conversation shuts down. Well, for me, it's as much, I don't think they're going to listen to any Bible bullets should I try to throw them anyway, because they're not going to believe that I know what I'm talking about and can actually right. back my conversation up. Right. And I wouldn't know how to engage them in that way anyway. I might know how to engage them in that way, but I usually find that if someone is using theology as their reason for making a choice, mm -hmm. that they're doing it because they don't want to have to question it. Oh, well, God, interesting. Right. God has told me to. It says this in the Bible, therefore I have to. And I'm not going to win that argument. No, there's no way I'm going to shift someone out of that position by coming at it head on. I may be able to have conversation with someone about other things and wind my way to, well, you know, in my faith tradition, we understand this. And I'm really wondering how I see that you share this value with me. Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing that we just come at this so, so differently that my theology says X, Y, Z, and I believe fully that God has this to say, and you're coming at it in this way. I wonder how that is. I wonder how, how we come to that. And that takes away the, your theology is bad and stupid and wrong and evil yeah. and doesn't shut them down, right? That work, there are not a lot of people that I will put that much time and work in. Yeah, that's right? Let's super just be hard. honest on that. Yeah. Right? Because that is hours and weeks. Oh, yeah. And that is an ongoing years. conversation. That's depth of relationship, depth of conversation, years of trust building. That's not something I'm going to give some stranger on the internet. No. Some stranger on the internet wants to come at me and tell me that I'm a heretical person who's leading my people into damnation because I'm a female pastor. God bless you. I don't have time to try and change that person's mind about women in ordination. 
they might be dangerous. Mm -hmm. They might be harmful, but my ability to change their mind is infinitesimal compared to someone who's been in relationship with them for 10 years, who loves them Mm -hmm. and has a way to have a conversation. So my responsibility is to the people around me that I have these relationships with to have that deeper theological conversation and that, look, I love you. And I know that you have a difficult time understanding how LGBTQIA individuals are fully loved by God, but I know that your heart is loving God's people. And I know that you're curious about this. So let's keep having this conversation. Let's keep trying to figure this out because I know you love that kid in your congregation who just came out as trans and I know you don't understand it. And so thank you for having this conversation with me because we're going to find our way through it, right? Mm -hmm. But some random stranger on the internet comes along and tells that person you're a terrible pastor because you don't love your trans kid, right? Like they're going to shut down and double down. Mm -hmm. How do you know when you're done with these conversations? I mean, some of them blessedly just sort of go away for one reason or another. Yeah. Some of them, you are not so lucky. No, some of them are going to last for a lifetime. Years and years. Years and years. I mean, literally for big, real change and people that you love and you have influence and the ability to work with, you could be having these conversations with them through a lifetime. When you get the let's agree to disagree where do you go with that? I had somebody say that to me the other day and it was an issue where I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still trying to process where to go from there. I think that in the time in which we are finding ourselves right now, in September of 2020, there is becoming less and less that we can agree to disagree on. Interesting. At least for me. Uh-huh. Because at this point, agreeing to disagree is often meaning that I'm agreeing that you will allow people I love to be killed or harmed. And I cannot agree with that. And I think that that's where some of the rubber is meeting the road around here Uh is to say, I understand that you hold this value and you are understanding it in this perspective. I will not agree to disagree with you. I will simply say, this is my perspective. This is where I stand. And if you disagree with that, we can either continue this conversation, but I will not agree to allow someone I love to continue to hold that belief because your belief is actively causing harm and potential death to God's people. And so I cannot just agree to disagree with you anymore. That is not always where we have been. Mm -hmm. I think that it is currently where we are which is why these conversations are more important and why they're coming up more frequently, right? And again, why discernment is so important as to whether or not this is the conversation that is worth your time and energy, because we're not having conversations about should the color of Advent be blue or purple? No, no. no. We're having conversations about whether the internal value of a human life is worthy of deep respect and safety. So I can't let, you know, I can agree to disagree if you really want to use purple candles in Advent and I really want to use blue candles in Advent. We can totally agree to disagree on the Adiaphora. 
but the value of a human life is not Adiaphora. And I won't agree to disagree on that anymore. But I will only put my time into someone that will engage that conversation with me in a way that will take us closer to God's kingdom. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. You've gotten into a conversation. You've gotten to the point in this conversation where it's not progressing. Nothing is going to happen without the, we're going to agree to disagree. How do you get out of it? Is it okay to get out of it? Yeah, it's always okay to get out of it. You are worth protecting and worth getting out of those kinds of conversations. How to do so will vary depending upon the situation. And aftercare will matter. Okay. Right? So if you've gotten to a point where you've come up against a wall, neither of you are agreeing, you cannot find your common ground again. You cannot find that place of mutual love and respect again. Being able to just say the words, I need to stop this conversation. It may be that we can come back to this conversation in the future, but I cannot continue this conversation at this time. And if you can come to it to find that way back to our core connection, right? I want to walk away from this remembering how much I love you. And so I need to put this conversation on hold. Or at this point, I feel like our relationship is on that edge where being right, like both of us need mm -hmm. to be right. And I value this relationship enough that we need to table this conversation because it feels like we're coming to a point of a relationship break if we don't table this conversation. And you matter more to me than being right in this moment. If that relationship is not important, like if you're at a sure. true breaking point in the relationship, to be able to say, I hear your viewpoint, I will never agree with you. I love you, and I know that God is with you, but I cannot participate in this worldview. And I will not continue this conversation with you. And I will not continue this relationship until we found another way of being. Oh, man. The fascinating part is that sounds just as hard as everything else we've been talking about up until this point. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah. And the amount of relationships that are absolutely sundering beyond repair right now is another one of the thousand griefs that we are carrying. And then we go back to last week's conversation about grief brain. Yep. Right? Because there are so many people who are mourning so many relationships that have come to exactly this point in the conversation where there is no going back. And the relationship has been sundered. But we are in a moment where people are finding, I, I will not maintain relationship if these are your values. And relationships are breaking left and right. And in some ways, you know, I want to say as the pastor, maintain all relationships. No, I can't say that. They're unhealthy. They're harming people. And so if a relationship turns beyond being able to be salvaged, then that's especially where aftercare comes in. And mourning and grief and the long and hard journey to reevaluate and retune your life without that individual within it super hard, incredibly painful. Yeah. It's just amazingly hard. And there are conversations where people do listen and it is very possible for people to shift. 
I think we're so entrenched in that idea that this can never happen and every relationship is going to break and sunder and fall apart and we're going to all be left abandoned from one another Mm -hmm. that we give up that image and that vision that is so incredibly daring as to hope that we can find a way forward together. And it can absolutely happen. Conversations can happen and people's minds can be shifted, opened, changed, whether it's our own or whether it's the people we're working with, 100% it happens. I've seen it. I've experienced it. Excellent. Thank you for leaving me with even the thinnest shred of hope (laughs) right now. (laughs) So very necessary. As I see your face kind of being like, I'm like thinking of everyone out there listening. And I'm like, no, really, folks, there can be hope. There is absolutely hope. All will be well and all will be well. And all manner of things will be well. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about strategic conversations. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening in. If you are in the midst of these strategic conversations and you would like me to hold that in prayer, please feel free to private message me. You can send an email to pastor at centralportland.org. I will hold that in prayer for you. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.